In pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential. 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 Jesus House for All Nations. This message has been recorded live at Jesus House for All Nations. God bless you. Amen. We're grateful to Reverend Joe Olaya and Pastor Florence. Grateful, you know. And our gratitude goes beyond what we say publicly on the platform. For these are people who are genuinely concerned about us. Um, we are genuinely on their hearts. We are like children to them. They treat us like children. They, they carry uh, burdens like it's their own burdens. Not just for those of us that they have personal relationships with, but for the church, and that includes you. And we're just grateful as their ministry has grown larger and larger. They have still carved out time to be with us at certain periods year after year. And they are always one phone call, one text message, one WhatsApp message away. And we're just thankful that God has brought them into our lives in that capacity um, and so when the video tribute is done the video introduction is done I'd like you to from a heart of gratitude appreciate both of them as we welcome Reverend Joe Olaya to the pulpit so please let's watch the video introduction as president and founder of the Living Faith Foundation Reverend Joe Olaya is a dynamic servant of God who has maintained a consistent walk with the Lord for several years. His calling has been to raise up men and women of God who can do supernatural works for the enlargement and establishment of God's kingdom. For more than three decades, God has used him tremendously in Nigeria and around the world to minister the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ with powerful signs, wonders, and testimonies following. We are privileged to have him here with us today Please rise and give a warm welcome to Reverend Joe Olaya.
tonight. Transform our lives. Send a word to every heart. Let your word go forth, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the deepest part of our beings, registering on our hearts, engraved on the table of our hearts. Let every heart hear your word. Let it go forth like fire and consume all the foreskin covering the hearts of your people. Let faith be born in every heart. Let there be conviction strong enough to take possession, strong enough to bring a transformation, strong enough to birth a revival, strong enough to bring forth a miracle. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight, God will reach you at the very point of need. Can I hear a stronger amen? amen? Say tonight, the word of God will reach me at my point of need. I will experience an overflow. Thank you, Father. I want to encourage you tonight to have your heart open to the word. It's amazing that God spoke his word and brought forth all that we can see today. All we see today is the result of the spoken word. Psalm 33 verse 6 Psalm 33 verse 6 by the word of the Lord the heavens were made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth we have the word of the Lord in a book called the Holy Bible there are imitations of that book across the world also claiming to be the word of God. But the impact of the word of God in the Holy Bible makes it clear that there's just one word of God. Verse 9 of that same scripture, Psalm 33 verse 9. The word of God does not perform until it is spoken. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. If God does not speak, nothing happens. If you do not hear God speak, nothing happens. If God does not speak, nothing is created. And if you don't hear God speak, nothing happens. So you must, God has to speak his word. You must hear the word. And you don't just hear the word in your ear and get a result. You hear the word in your heart. God demands that his word must be in your heart. 
Tonight, in this season and year of overflow, you will hear the voice of God. Amen. Can I hear your amen? amen? And I'm going to share with you some truths on having the word of God working in your life, performing in your life. If you are going to experience an overflow and sustain it, you must hear the voice of God. And it must be heard in your heart. And you have not had God until you've had him in your heart. You haven't had God until you've had him in your heart. The word of God does not perform until it is spoken. And when it is spoken, it must be heard. So you can read a lot of stuff. You can listen to a lot of stuff until you hear God speaks to you. Then you get the result. And one of the impacts of God's word in your heart is revealed in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by what? By the word of God. That tells you faith is born out of hearing God and hearing him in your heart. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to receive anything from God. Without faith, it's impossible for the word of God to perform. Yet, faith comes by hearing. And hearing God in your heart. And that brings me to my very early emphasis. Hearing God is the key to success. And check through the scriptures. Every man that God used successfully, who was successful, had God. And kept hearing God for the rest of their lives. When they stopped hearing God, they stopped succeeding. And this hearing God is not just the stuff loaded in your heart, but the stuff that appeals to your heart. Not the stuff loaded in your head. Not the stuff in your memory, but the stuff that comes to your heart. Do you hear God? No one can receive anything from God without faith. And that faith comes by hearing God. So you see, that brings to you, brings it to the fore, that the most important thing for you is to hear God in your heart. Lift up your right hand and say, Father, my heart is open. Let me receive your word in my heart in the name of Jesus. I just give you a few tips about recognizing God is speaking to you in your heart so that we take off from there and then we can start exercising our faith. I 
I have emphasized over the last few days that Jesus alone has the solution to the three major uh, problems that we face in this life. That Jesus is the one, the only person that has ever offered a solution to death, to sin, and to the devil. We have this wicked trial that has invaded the world, that have invaded the world to destroy the world. It's sin, Satan, and death. And they are working as a team. Sin steals, sin kills, sin destroys. The devil steals, the devil kills, the devil destroys. And no clearer picture of that than what he did to Job. It gives us a vivid example and a clear picture. So if you have been robbed, suspect the devil is at work. Fortunately, we have an answer to it. The scripture says, resist the devil, he will take his flight. But Jesus said, I give you power over all the power of the enemy to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power and nothing shall by any means hurt you. He said, in my name, you will cast out devils. And the scripture says, put up a fight. And the devil will take a flight. Tonight, you put up a fight. And the devil will take a flight. He will take a flight in panic and leave you alone in the name of Jesus. So the shepherd came on a mission to restore to us everything that the enemy has stolen, to reverse the work of the enemy. So for this reason, the Son of God was manifested according to 1 John 3, that he might destroy the works of the devil. But before then, he said, whosoever commits sin is of the devil. So sin hands man over to the devil, but thank God Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. So you don't have to be under the control of the devil anymore, and you will never be in Jesus' name. In dealing with the trial robbery gang, Jesus Christ paid a special price. The most precious thing he had, he gave. That was his life. Jesus gave us this solution to sin. And that solution, according to Isaiah 53, verse 4 to 6, Jesus took our grief, carried our sorrows. Verse 6 says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He provided himself as the solution to our sin. I wanted to know that in no religion is that provision available. It's only in Christ. And in John 1.29, John 1.29, when Jesus, John saw Jesus, he said, this is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. I am happy I'm associated with Jesus that takes away sin. Can I hear you say, I am happy? Say it, say, I am happy. I'm connected to Jesus. Jesus himself said it in Matthew 20, 28. The Son of Man came not to be ministered to, but to minister and to give his life a ransom. And just... At the last supper, as he sat with the disciples in Matthew 26, verse 27 to 28, he took the cup and gave thanks. Verse 27 especially, where he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. 28, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. So he was telling them very soon, what you are drinking will become a reality. My blood will be shed to remove the sins of as many as will believe. I would have said for all. No, yes, it's for all, but are available to only as many as believe. 
Now, First Corinthians fifteen three. First Corinthians fifteen three. Say, I, I declared, I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures. So, in Second Corinthians five twenty one, Second Corinthians five twenty one says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. So, this is God's provision. Jesus made Himself available to deal with our sin. And that's what first john chapter 1 verse 7 to 10 says first john 1 7 to 10 because the world is looking for solution to sin every time the older you get the closer you are to going home so you keep on remembering you will meet with your maker many people waste their time in their youth they don't go to church but the moment they start aging they start looking for the way to the church it's okay it's better late than never but the scripture says while you are a youth look for him uh, now, verse 7 says, if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with him, with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Only his blood can cleanse. Why? He is the only man that ever lived without being tainted with sin. And therefore, he has a pure blood that can be used as a sacrifice. So he offered himself. He had never sinned, but he offered himself to die in the place of of you and I that have sinned. You must take this to be true in your heart. So when you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sin, you become cleansed, freed of the sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us, to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This, all, this, uh, this, this blessing is only available in Christ. If we say that we have not sinned, we have made him a liar, and his word is not in us. And I continue to chapter 2 of 1 John. Then he says, my little children, these things are right to you, that you may not sin. But in case anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not just ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. That in the Amplified Version, it says, and he, that same Jesus himself, is the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not for us only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And in the Message Version, it says, when he served as a sacrifice for our sins, he solved the sin problem for good. Not only our sins, but the whole world's sin, the sin of the whole world. For good, he solved the problem by providing his blood. So when Jesus took our sins upon himself, and offered his life to satisfy the demand of justice for sin, which is death. He used his stainless blood to make atonement for our sin and to blot them out. He solved the sin problem. The sin he acquired was paid for. The judgment for sin was consummated. The hold of sin over man was broken. And the reign of death, which came as a result of sin, was terminated. And Satan, who exploited the reign of death, became powerless to keep his hold on us. Hence, the death, the sacrifice of Jesus solved the problem. There's somebody here, you have been haunted over the years, over a particular guilt, an act you indulge in, and every time you remember, it depresses you. The Lord said, I should tell you, because you believe in Jesus, he said, I should tell you in person that you have been forgiven. And not just forgiven, he says, you have been justified. And there is no record of that sin again. I met with a woman 
who had taken over another man's another woman's husband innocently deceived into that relationship and the devil harassed her she even got out of the relationship but the devil didn't stop harassing her apparently the devil had the, the, the woman who felt her husband had been taken from her unlawfully or somebody that intruded to her marriage hired some demons to go after her and the woman suffered the woman had affliction the woman nearly died she was constantly sick she relocated from africa to europe just to get freedom from the sickness but it didn't abate the trouble continued for over 20 years until one day i encountered her and so when i found out her story i discovered that um, she was suffering from enchantment and demons that have been given sacrifice and put on a strong assignment not to return until they have killed her so when the grace of god started manifesting thank god for the authority of the name of jesus the demons got a bit troubled and they began to speak so i asked them why are you doing this to this woman they said they just hate her i said what has she done they said nothing so i wondered i expected the demons to tell me that she took someone else's husband and she did this and that but they said nothing so i said well can it cost a costless cost stand they didn't answer me so i wondered and the spirit told me he said when my blood cleanses anyone there is nothing to hold against the person so i said since you said by your own voice there is nothing then your ground is not you don't have a ground so i forced those demons and they left immediately and that was the end of over 25 years of affliction on the spot i want to assure you today that because you have called on the name of jesus you have been forgiven you have been justified whatever destroyed the power of sin and its consequences also terminated the reign of death and the authority of satan Whatever the devil is still doing today no longer has a lawful base. It is only thriving because of our ignorance. If we can get out of our ignorance and decide to hold on tenaciously to the word of God, the devil cannot harass you again. Let me hear your amen. amen. Sin has been dealt with. We have been forgiven. We have been delivered. We have been justified. Sin no longer has dominion over us. Neither does death have its free reign over us rather we have been transformed to reign in this life over sin and death and we have been given authority to even trash and destroy the works of the devil the reign of death has been terminated by the death and resurrection of jesus christ that is the good news and i know god is speaking to somebody stop fearing the devil he has been defeated for your sake can i hear your amen so you and I can reign in this life over, over the devil. We can exercise the authority of the name of Jesus and put the devil to flight. You and I can do that. For when Jesus Christ died and rose from the dead, he disgraced the powers of hell. That is the truth. Only Jesus ever offered himself to confront death. And he did and came out triumphant. Beyond that, Jesus revealed himself as having power to give life. A claim he made good when several he raised the dead while he was on earth. 
He even said, I am the resurrection and life. Talking to Martha at the instance, at the period of the death of Lazarus. The woman said, I believe my brother will come up on the last day, the day of resurrection. She said, no, I understand with you. I am the resurrection. I can order one now. But they didn't understand and they didn't believe. I said, don't you believe? She said, Lord, I believe you are the son of God. She escaped. She evaded the question. Do you not believe that your brother will come up now? She evaded. The, she refused to give an answer. She said, I believe you are the son of God. You are the savior of the world. But when they got to the grave of Lazarus, Jesus confirmed himself and confirmed to the world that he is the resurrection. He said, the days come when the dead shall hear the voice of the son of man. I am so thankful that Jesus didn't call every dead man to come out. There will have been commotion. He was specific, Lazarus! And he came out. Whatever has died in your body, we hear the voice of Jesus today. And it will come alive. That dead organ will resume work. And God is speaking to somebody. The spirit is speaking to somebody. That thing that stopped functioning in your body, now it will resume function. In the name of Jesus. So Jesus revealed himself, not only as having power to give life, but that he is the resurrection. And he confirmed that much more when after three days he rose from the dead. And he didn't come out of the grave alone. He came out with some righteous people. Every time I read Matthew 27, 52, it just scares me. Can you put it on the screen? Matthew 27, 52. And, you know, they were giving the narrative of Jesus' death on the cross. And they just went to speak about what happened after his resurrection. Then... Matthew 27, 52. Is it there on the screen? And the graves were opened, and many bodies of saints who had fallen asleep were raised. The resurrection and the life. Mistakenly, Satan took him into death, not knowing what will happen. And when he got into the region, he went after Adam and Co. That was the day he brought Adam and Co. From out of prison. They were the ones that littered Jerusalem, and they appeared in the holy city. Can you read verse 53? Verse 5 3. Yeah. 6 5 3. 27 53. Wow. <laughs> and coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. A display. Look at it. These guys that have been imprisoned have come out of the death region and they appeared in Jerusalem for the first time. Someone demonstrated complete authority over death. Thank God you are a child of God. And that tells you death is not the end. You have a life after death. And you will really live if you follow Jesus. This assurance is not in any other religion. All other religions are hirelings. They give you no assurance of life after life. They make everything cloudy. They leave you hopeless. They leave you in fear of judgment. But Jesus said, I have taken the judgment for you. He that believes in me has passed from judgment. Out of condemnation, he has come into life. 
So the barrier has been broken and we have gained access back to God. Now, knowing this truth, for your day-to-day -day success, you need to constantly and consistently hear the voice of God. That's why the scripture says, only as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And Jesus has this to say, my sheep may hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. That's John 10, 27. He also has this to say in John chapter 10, verse, 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 verse 3, verse 4. And verse 4 says, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will follow him, for they do not know the voice of the stranger. You see, they know the voice of the master. You will know the voice of Jesus. And very, very sharp. I will just tell you in a few words, distinguishing the voice of God in your heart. Remember, Romans 8, 14 to 16 says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. You have received the spirit of adoption whereby you will cry about Father. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. There's a witness inside you saying, I am a child of God. Do you hear that voice inside you? Do you have a quiet assurance that says you are a child of God? That's the witness of the spirit. Now you need to listen to that spirit more. If you can hear that assurance, if you have that strong thought, conviction in your heart, that you're a child of God. That's the witness of the Spirit. Nobody can call God Father. Go and check religious people. They don't call God their Father. They are very distant from God. You have received the Spirit of adoption that cries in you, Abba Father. That Spirit bears witness with your spirit. Confirming that you are a child of God. It's important for you to know that one of the greatest confirmations that you are a child of God is being led by the voice of God. This voice of God in your heart is the spirit of God speaking to your heart from within you. He does not need a loudspeaker. It can come as a still small voice. It can whisper a specific scripture in your heart. You actually hear it in your heart. It might just be a phrase. Guidance, light, understanding comes to you by the Spirit of God. It kindles, it lights your spirit with that understanding. He will tell you for certain, this is your way. He will make you sure, and when you try to go away from it, he will trouble you. When you try to go contrary to the voice of the Spirit, he will make you restless. But when you align with it, then there will be peace. So what are you struggling with? Get off it. What's bringing you peace? Stick to it. That's the voice of the Spirit. When he makes you restless, he's telling you that's the wrong direction. But when there is peace, He's telling you, go on that way. Psalm 32, verse 8 to 9. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. Doesn't stop there. Then I will guide you with my eyes. Means close contact. 
Don't be like horse or like the mole that have no understanding. That means the language he speaks is called understanding. It's a universal language and can be heard in every dialect. It speaks in your heart. And when you have not received understanding, you have not heard him. Those who hear him without understanding hear trash. You have not had God until you have understood. What language does he use? He speaks in understanding. He speaks the human language, you understand. His language is understanding. It comes to you in every human tongue. But foremost, his voice comes to your heart in understanding. Conveyed in the language you speak or understand. The true God is not limited to Greek or Hebrew, English or Spanish, Yoruba or Igbo language. He speaks in understanding. Conveyed in the language you speak or you understand. Pharaoh had a dream, but he had no understanding. He couldn't hear God. He was deaf. His heart was deaf. Joseph listened to the dream. He shook his head. The inspiration came on him. He had understanding. He said, the matter is certain, therefore it is repeated twice. It must come. It cannot be stopped from coming, but we can walk and make provisions. See, there will be seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. So intense will be the famine that in the second year of the famine, all the abundance of the seven years will have been wiped out. The life of the world is at stake. People will die of hunger except we do something quickly. How did he? There was no letter. There was no audible voice. The man had a dream, but Joseph had understanding. That is the man that had the voice of God. Not until you have understanding, you haven't had the voice. Lift up your right hand and say, Father, grant me understanding. When Solomon asked for a gift from God, he did not ask for wisdom. Solomon said, give your servant an understanding heart to discern and distinguish good from evil right from wrong. He did not ask. That thing you call wisdom is the product of understanding. He asked for a... So Solomon asked God, let me understand when you speak in my heart. What should I do not to make his mistake his voice for another voice? Compare what he's saying to you right now to what he already said. Because he will never, never speak contrary to his word. His word is yea and amen. Consistent, unchanging. So if he's speaking right now, he must be speaking in line with what he has spoken before. How do I distinguish the voice of God from the voice of the devil? God's voice comes with peace and assurance. Satan's voice comes with fear, confusion, anxiety, doubts. It leaves you trouble, leads you into error, takes you far away from, God, from godliness, 
tells you to do stupid things. I remember one young lady came to me some years ago, and she said God was speaking to her. I said, no, God is not speaking to you. I said, you are too restless to be, to be carrying the voice of God. She didn't hear me. She wasted two years listening to the devil, and she lost everything. She came back to me after the third year and said, I should have listened to you. I said, thank you very much. Tell that voice that is not of God is of the devil. Anything that makes you restless, troubled, unsure, uncertain, anxious, worried, and a lot of the prophets you patronize specialize in afflicting you with anxiety. What they say to you does not create faith in your heart. Neither does it give you peace. So you distinguish the voice of God from the voice of the devil because the voice of the devil comes to steal, to kill. Takes, it will, the voice of the devil will take away from you what you already have. If you follow the voice of the devil, you'll be robbed because he can't do anything other than to steal, to kill, or to destroy. Following the voice of the devil will ruin you. Go and check all diviners. All, go and check how they end. They never end well. How can I be sure that the voice I'm hearing is that of God? Peace in your heart. Harmony with scripture. Assurance and faith born in your heart. And how will I not confuse the voice of my mind with the voice of the Holy Spirit? Simple. The voice of your mind, if it is not in line with the voice of the Holy Spirit, fizzles out. It doesn't last. The voice of God remains constant and consistent. Especially when you're going to worship and praise. In the presence of God, that voice gets stronger. But if it's just the voice of your mind, it fizzles out. I have brought these questions and answers to you because I want you to experience overflow. I told you my story the first day, how... I went into a journey of scarcity and lack because I denied the voice of God in my heart until I corrected it. And I went back to the very thing that God said I should do and an overflow started. The part of the story I didn't mention when I got the first, when I said I'm ready now for a private job and I got my first contract and they paid me. They paid me the money. I looked at the money that had been so scarce and I said, could I ever have handled this kind of money? I refused to take it to the bank. I kept it under my pillow. <laughs> and I told my wife, spend whatever you want to spend. No bank gave me money when I was in crisis. No bank is going to touch this money. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Disobedience brings you into scarcity. Obedience brings you into abundance. But that obedience is as you obey his voice. So there is the general word that is called logos that we all read from the scripture. But there is the specific word that is called rhema. That is what God speaks to your heart. That voice, the word that sounds in your heart. You may read an entire chapter of the scripture, but there may just be one line in one verse that strikes you. That is what God is saying to you from that entire. That what you have just read and you understood. What he's saying to you is the voice of God. That voice is God speaking to your heart. The reason why it caught your attention is that it struck your heart. It beamed like light. It came with understanding. It just dawned on you. It just gripped your heart. That means it spoke to your heart. That is the word. That is the spoken word. That will bear faith. That will bring faith. That will bring a miracle to you. If, for example, 
You are coming here today, and they thought to you, as you are going there today, you will come back with your miracle. I said, what did I hear? I'll come back with my miracle. And it sticks in your heart, and it repeats, and it repeats. That must be the current word God is speaking to you now. Whenever the word of God is to be dispatched to man to benefit him, to enhance him, it must be spoken. It comes inspired, fired up with the fire of the Holy Spirit. Dispatched to your heart. Brought to your awareness. Brought to your attention. And it comes with comprehension and understanding. That is the active voice of God. It is the active voice of God. That is the voice saying to you, act now. If you believe and act, you get the result. When the word comes to you with insight or awareness, the spoken word, you are reading it. But among in, in the whole lot of what you are reading, only that word stood up to you and struck your heart with meaning, with power, with understanding. That is God's current voice for you. If it's God's voice, it bets conviction. Conviction bets change through repentance or through faith. Repentance results in transformation while faith results in miracles. Rema is light in darkness, clarity in confusion, and unveiling of mysteries. Rema brings life to the dead, healing to the sick, freedom to captives, joy to the sorrowful, strength to the weak, boldness to the fearful, and faith to the hopeless. Rema is the voice of God to you coming in the midst of a sermon or a morning devotion. When you are listening to a sermon, a particular phrase jumps at you, illuminates your heart with understanding. That word is God's voice for you now, and his voice is always now present. Because no voice is past. If it's a voice, it's now. If it's not a voice, then it's past. If it's a voice, it's now. You are hearing his voice speaking to your heart with understanding. That is why men of old who had his voice and acted on his voice got the miracles they needed. So, today, you will enter your overflow. Amen. Let me hear another amen. amen. Today, you will enter your overflow. Amen. But it comes from the voice of God. In Deuteronomy 28.1 Deuteronomy 28.1 It shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God there comes the voice again. Observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today. That the Lord your God will set you on high above all nations. Of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on you, catch up with you. Because you obey the voice. If it's a voice, then it's speaking. That's why I know that I've not arrived at my destination yet because I've not yet overtaken the nations. 
I'm still going up quietly. We have a prayer village that will become a prayer city. We have a church that will become a great nation. And then an outstanding nation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They think they can snuff out the church. They are jokers. Watch as we shall engulf the whole world. He said, you'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the country. You'll be blessed in the fruit of your body. You'll be blessed in the labor of your hands. You'll be blessed in your storehouses. See, your enemies will be smitten before you. They say, you will command his blessing upon you in all your storehouses and in all that you set your hands upon to do. So I said, God, you are going to bless all I set my hands on to do. Then this got to be blessed. Then here comes the overflow. He will open to you his good treasure. The heavens to give the rain to your land in its season. To bless all the works of your hand. Then you shall lend to many nations. Not some, not one. Then you shall lend. Of course, before you lend to many nations, that means you've got much, much, much more than enough. To the point that you are looking for who to use what you have in excess. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Has God spoken something to your heart? That tells you where you are now is not where you ought to be. And we are getting there in Jesus' name. I have received that word. If you look at Deuteronomy chapter 7, Moses also brought the voice of God to them. Deuteronomy chapter 7, if you look from verse 6 right down to verse 14. See, you are holy people to the Lord your God. He's chosen you to be his people for himself, his special treasure, peculiar people on the face of the earth. He didn't choose it because you were many or more in number. He just chose it because he made a covenant with your fathers. But because the Lord loves you, he chose you. And he will keep the oath he swore to your fathers. Now, therefore, God, know that the Lord your God is faithful. He keeps covenant for a thousand generations. Thousand generations. If you assume a generation is 25 years, if you assume it's 50 years, just multiply it by 1,000. Verse 11, therefore you shall keep the commandments, that's the voice of the Lord, the statutes and the judgments which I command you, today to observe and to do them. And it shall come to pass, because you listen to his voice, and keep and do what he's telling you. His voice includes the specific instructions. Give. The specific instruction he tells you. One day I went to a car garage. I, I, I did not have, I went to a, a motor park. Something like a bus station. I didn't have a car then. I used to take public transport. And I got there, I secured my seat, waited for the other passengers and after they came, while I was just walking around, someone else took my seat. I was going to be angry. But the spirit said, 
you are not going in that vehicle. So I just turned away. And the other passenger said, no, 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 that person is wrong. Get up, get up for him. That's his seat. I said, no, no, I just smiled. I said, no, you, you guys can go. I said, this man is a fool. They just cheated him. And they left. I took the next vehicle. About an hour later, we met that vehicle on the road. It was involved in an accident. So what voice spoke to me? Let it go, let it go. Leave them. Follow peace with all men. Thank God I obeyed that voice. Pay attention to his voice. How many times have you hauled it into a business when your heart was telling you, get out of it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And you were in a hurry because it looked attractive on the surface. Did you pray about it? Every time you prayed about it, you got trouble. Say, leave this trouble alone. This thing is sensible. I've got to do it. I know you got into trouble. How many times have you borrowed your tithe to solve a problem and your problem had worsened? And the spirit was telling you, don't touch it, don't touch it. Give it to God, give it to God. You didn't hear he said, Holy Spirit, wait, this is wisdom. I will pay it later on. Up until now, you have not paid it. <laughs> when it doesn't suit us, it's not the voice of God. He said, he will love you. Listen to his judgments, do them. Take his instructions. He will love you. He will bless you. He will multiply you. He will bless the fruit of your, of your womb, fruit of your land, fruit, your grain, your wine, your oil, the increase of your kind. You shall be blessed above all peoples. You shall be blessed above all peoples. There shall not be male or female barren among you. Then, 15, the Lord will take away from you all sickness. I read these scriptures many years ago and I used to be very sickly. So I said, God, you know what? Let's enter a deal on this issue. I take this as true. Now I'm just tired of sleeping in hospital. Please, let it be the end. You did it for three million people. I am just one man. And the Lord had me and we struck a deal. In 1975. And that deal killed the malaria. That was the most recording trouble I had. Plus other things that I don't know their names. But that deal, that covenant, God keeps covenant. He keeps covenant. You can have a covenant with God today and scarcity will not be in your life again. You can say, God, I'm going to honor you with my tithes. I'm going to give as you direct me. And I just don't want to know scarcity again. Nothing like lack because the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I want that covenant. Let's buy it. And the Lord said, I should do what I'm about to do. And I pray you obey his voice, if you hear his voice. 
The Lord said he wants to show mercy to somebody here today. You want to stop failing God in your tithes. You want to start honoring God in your tithes. You want to turn around. You want this lack and scarcity to end. He wants to enter a covenant of supply with you so that you will take lack away from your life forever. So if you want to start honoring God with your tithes, which you've not been doing, but you want to start it now, you are, going to, you are saying that, Lord, I've had this over and over. I'm taking a step. Then come right out. I'll pray with you. And you just come to the altar and tell the Lord about it. Then I'll just pray and you go back. Say something to God and say, this is a covenant. This is a deal. I am going to be honoring you with my tithes from now. So if you are coming, come quickly. And just kneel down at the altar. Don't talk to anyone. Just talk to the Lord. God just wants to separate from body from lack today. Just kneel down. Talk to him. Talk to him. Less than two minutes. Reach a deal with him. Lord, I will honor you with my tithes from now by your grace. I'm not going to look at circumstances. I'll just let you have it first. And then you'll take care of the rest. All I want, separate me from lack. Never to know lack again. You will shepherd me and guide me to where, to where I should, I will find, where I will always find my supply. God is speaking to you. Just obey his voice and do it. Lord, they are entering to a covenant with you. You said I should do it, and I've just done it. That these ones will never know lack again. Help them, Lord. When the tempter's voice comes to, to rob them of obedience, may they never yield to the tempter's voice. What they say to you today, they are going to do. You empower them to do it. Lord, I rebuke the spirit of lack, and I by the power of the blood of Jesus, I bring forgiveness for them for the disobedience of the past. You are forgiven in the name of Jesus. You are cleansed. And now the past is wiped away. Now that you begin to fulfill this promise, you will never experience lack again. Wherever supply is waiting, the Spirit will take you there. You will be connected to this inexhaustible source. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want to pray tonight you have found that there's a trend in your family the trend that nobody ever gets out of struggling. You have seen your fathers, you have seen your grandfathers. They died struggling financially, died in debt. Nobody to the left, to the right, you have looked, nobody made a headway financially. So it's a history. There's a, there's, there's a root for it. But God wants to separate you from that root. I say God wants to separate somebody from that root. Hmm. There are negatives you have found running in the family. 
Hard work does not translate into abundance. Brilliance does not translate into honor. Excellent performance has not translated into wealth either. In spite of the brilliance, the excellence, the hard work, what we have to show is struggle, a tale of struggle. Shall we rise up as a church? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Say with me, Father. This is not your will. And this is not godly. For a man to work hard. He is intelligent. He is brilliant. He is dedicated. He is God-fearing. Yet struggling financially. This is not your will. This is the will of the enemy. Since it's not your will and it's the will of the enemy, we reject it. We resist it. I reject it. I resist it. Whatever spirit is behind it, I resist you. In the name of Jesus, you straight spirit of lack, poverty, struggling, leave my life alone. Enough is enough. In the name of Jesus, go ahead and declare that prayer. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Please be seated. Four characteristics of a man that goes home with a miracle. Number one, he's desperate. Number two, he's clear in his demands. He makes his demand tenaciously. Number three, he does not take no for an answer. Number four, he's sure he will get results. Many of us are not desperate. So the first quality for going home with a miracle is desperation and you're not desperate. <laughs> How many of you are desperate to see financial transformation in your life? You are desperate. Are you sure? I'm not sure. How many of you are tired of lack and struggling? Can I see your hand? Okay. How many of you desperately want to have abundance? Are you sure? Are you sure? Let me give you an example of a desperate man. Jairus was desperate to stop death from taking his daughter. He went out all by himself. He didn't send anybody. He went out to look for Jesus and found Jesus and told the people, make sure that girl doesn't die. I'm going to get that man. Once that man comes, this girl cannot die. And he found Jesus and said, Master, Master, my daughter is sick and dying at home. Come and lay hands on him. And she will be okay. Jesus said, let's go. On the way, there was a block. Then somebody came from the house and said, don't trouble the master anymore. The girl has given up the ghost. She's dead. It's too late. And Jesus said, fear not. 
Only believe. Only believe means accept and agree that as you have spoken, your daughter will live. Look at it. There was a desperation. Then there was a demand. Not taking no for an answer. Those of us who are too civil, very British, The thing is paining you. You cannot cry. You are managing the voice. <clears throat> you can't get anything. Jairus went down. Master, he worshipped. He's a great man. He's a high man in the society. He humbled himself. He worshipped his desperation. Another general, the centurion. His prized, precious slave was dying of policy. He went to the leaders of Israel and said, please reach that your miracle man for me. I don't want this guy to die. The elders went to Jesus and said, sir, there is somebody you must help because he recognizes and helps us. He blesses us. That is in Luke chapter 7. He said, the man is kind to our nation. He built a synagogue for us. They grilled out all his good works. And he has appealed to us to appeal to you to come and heal his servant, very precious slave that is dying of palsy. Jesus said, such a good man must receive goodness. Let's go. When the man heard, the centurion had that Jesus was on his way so his house said, wow, that holy man is coming. He's coming. No, 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 stop him, stop him, stop him from coming. He's not saying, I don't want the miracle. He said, look, he's coming here. We'll defile him. I don't want it to happen. Stop him. Stop him from coming. Stop him from coming. Tell him to speak the word only. Go back and tell him, my house will defile him. I am a man under authority. I am a carrier of authority. I know what it means to give order. I said to a soldier, move, he moves. I said to a servant, do this, he does it. Say, master, don't bother to come. I recognize your authority. Speak the word only. My servant will be okay. That man was sure. He was desperate. He was demanding. He would not take no for an answer. He was certain. There was another man who came to Jesus. He was desperate, but he was not sure. He almost went back without a miracle, but Jesus helped him. Expose his unbelief. Do you know when you have double mind, you are blocking your miracle? Will you go home with your miracle tonight? Will God deliver you tonight? Will there be a transformation tonight? Will you be blessed tonight? Are you sure you'll be blessed? Stand to your feet. Say, Father, I won't take no for an answer. You are blessing me or blessing me tonight. I won't go without the blessing tonight. In my life, no more poverty, no more failure, no more struggling. In the name of Jesus, go ahead and make a declaration. Jobless. I am tired 
of begging. I am tired. I'm tired of begging. No more, no more, no more. In Jesus' name we pray. In season of overflow, there shall be overflow. Say, Father, you said you will bless every work of my hand. You will cause it to enlarge. I receive power for enlargement, power to get wealth, idea to get wealth, wisdom to get wealth, understanding to make money. In the name of Jesus, go ahead and pray. name we pray. Can I hear another amen? Say, Father, any spiritual force that has been fighting my progress, fighting my prosperity, fighting my success, fighting my enlargement, I report that force to you now. And I make a demand in the name of Jesus. Father, crush that force now. Go ahead and pray. Father, crush it now. another amen. amen thank you Holy Spirit everything that has blocked your blessing will never succeed again amen. say father, father thank you for the precious blood of Jesus that has washed me clean that has made atonement for me thank you father wherever anything is hiding in the lives of your children your ancestral spirit ancient covenants that the fathers made sin of the past which the enemy has used to block people's blessing father remember that yesterday at this altar the blood cleansed your people Satan you have no more legal hold you spirit of poverty you must live spirit of failure you must live Spirit that fights people at the point of breakthrough, you must live. Spirit of near success syndrome that does not allow people to actually succeed, you must live. 
you know, I know you are the ones. You, are, you cannot hide, you cannot pretend about this. You must leave. Amen. You must leave. Amen. You must leave. At the sound of the name of Jesus, you will leave. At the sound of the name of, at the shout of the name of Jesus, you will leave. Brethren, the Bible says, anyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be what? Save me, set free, delivered. You understand what I'm saying? Everything attached to salvation. You are about to shout that name. And you are going to shout it because your life depends on it. When I will command every spirit of poverty and failure to leave, the moment I say, I command you to leave, you will shout, Jesus. While you are shouting, Jesus, the fire of God will dislodge every power of darkness. Before this week runs out, you will give testimony. I address you powers of darkness responsible for failure and poverty. Hanging on sin, there is nothing to hang on again. Hanging on ancient covenants, you cannot hang on it again because a new covenant has displaced the former one. Hanging on tradition, you cannot hang on it again. Hanging on the structure of United Kingdom that is trying to box people into poverty, you cannot survive again. Because these ones have transcended, they have moved up. The name of Jesus has come to set them free. Therefore, I command you in all ways that you are manifesting, spirit of failure, lack and poverty, I command you leave in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Jesus name in Jesus name you cannot resist I don't mean you should wait for them somewhere leave and never return all the monies you collected from them Opportunity that you blocked. When I shout fire, you shout Jesus. Fire! Amen. 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 opportunity that you have lost I command to be restored in the name of Jesus job opportunities contract opportunities blessings relationships I command to be restored in the mighty name of Jesus all those who are believing God for children come right out now If you are standing in God for somebody, be behind those who are believing God for themselves to have the children be in front. If you are standing for somebody, don't be on the front row. But if you are standing for yourself, be on the front row. 
Say after me, Father, whatever it is that has been blocking my childbearing, today I bring it under the blood. I have found mercy. I have found mercy. I have found mercy. Therefore, I will bring forth. I will have my children. By this time next year, I will be with my baby in the pursuit of God to glorify God. Thank you, Father. I have found mercy. I have found mercy because of the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I have found mercy. Those of you standing for somebody, call that person's name. My father, look at these your children. How joyful it is for these ones to be carrying babies by this time next year. Nursing babies. Rahim Azekerenia. Good babies. Rikaruma Shandaria. Beautiful babies. Blessed babies. That's why I make intercession. Whatever is the barrier. By the power of the blood of Jesus, we destroy it now. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, no more miscarriage. Yeah. Every weak womb, hear the word of the Lord, receive strength. Yeah. You will not cast your young anymore. Your pregnancy will not drop before time anymore. Amen. You will carry through to maturity. Amen. Block tubes open in the name of Jesus. Amen. And Lord, if there is any woman here that has no womb, you are the one that can keep a child in the stomach without a womb. I make a demand on heaven. Nekezia, receive your baby. And let the baby be nursed in the stomach and delivered safely. Father, if there is anyone they say has no spam seed or is low count, that is a lie. According to your word, none shall be barren. I command receive seed in abundance. In the name of Jesus. If there's any woman that said no eggs, receive eggs in abundance. In the name of Jesus. Father, every hormonal imbalance, I command it to be corrected. Now, every evil word spoken to stop childbearing, I cancel today. I declare that you are fruitful. You are fruitful. You are fruitful. And you have a safe delivery. Amen. No stillbirth. No stillbirth. No infant mortality. Amen. You will not cast your young. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Every demon standing by to fight you, I defeat in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, thank you. And I declare your joy has come. Amen. Your joy has come. In Jesus' name.
Father, thank you. For all those whose names have been mentioned, Lord, visit them also. Glory be to God. In Jesus' name we pray. See you next year with your baby. How many of you know you will show me your baby next year when I come? You show me your baby. See you next year. God bless you. We want to pray for healing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You strange ancestral powers that have caused people affliction and hardship. Get out in the name of Jesus. Those of you who need healing in your body, so rush out quickly. You need healing in your body, come out quickly. Maybe you were not here yesterday or here you didn't quite but today you know that you know you know you know you know from the exhortation that came before that man had given up and were charged to change our minds and not to give up i saw that as god speaking to us <sighs> see i'm going home with my miracle reach a conclusion reach a conclusion reach a conclusion reach a conclusion Reach a conclusion. Say, declare your conclusion. Make it affirmative. Be very bold. Be very bold about it. Now, listen to me. Look at me. If you hear this word in your heart, then you are going home with your healing. And he says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord your healer. Doctors might have given up. It's not their fault. They are not your creator. He says, I should tell you, I am the Lord, your healer. And you know that there's nothing impossible with the Lord. You know, you know, you know. He understands your blood. He knows every cell. He knows what to do. He says, I should tell you, I am the Lord, your healer. Oh, healer of the world, great physician. You said you are their healer. I am not their healer. You are their healer. I don't have to lay hands on them, but you are their healer. And you live in them. And you are with them. And you are present with them. Lord Jesus, the way you, the whole world will know that you are the healer is that these people now, they go with their healing. Thank you, Lord. Now say after me, I receive my healing in the name of Jesus. Now say it on your own and let it be from your heart. Say it, let it be from your heart with your confidence. All right, I'm going to pray since you have said so. Father, you gave me this anointing to heal the sick and you have never withdrawn it. I now release this anointing for the purpose of their healing. Receive your healing. In the name of Jesus. I command every sickness, affliction and pain to leave your body now. Leave your mind now. Leave your emotions now. I speak healing into your body, into your blood, into your nerves, into your flesh, into the water in your body, into your cells. 
receive your healing you are healed thank you Jesus say Lord I believe you and since you believe say thank you Lord I am healed say it again listen it is what you say that the anointing does say it again it is done in Jesus name Amen. give the Lord a clap offering congratulations see you with your testimony send your testimony in God bless you